Join Jessica Smith on the Like a Girl podcast, where she defies odds, shares inspiring stories, and empowers women to embrace their inner leaders. Tune in for a transformative journey. So we rewrote the entire sales process. And one of the things that we figured out was we knew that the reasons why people bought was because they like you, they trust you, and they understand how the product benefits them. Well, what we learned is that that was so key in this environment, more so than in Chicago. So we learned that the customer really had to like you. They really had to trust you. And they really had to understand how the membership was going to benefit them and their household. And in, in, in a lot of cases, it wasn't just about them being, you know, an engineer and thinking very, you know, analytical. Sometimes it was like a legit language barrier where you had to learn throughout your presentation to maybe not use certain words that could get caught up in translation, right? So it was a, it was a lot that we learned. And even though it was painful, it was exciting. It was exciting. I, I love to be in the environment where um, we figured out a lot of things just by trial and error. So when you say fast fails, there were a lot of fast fails. And we knew that we did not have time. I mean, there was a lot of money on the line. We didn't have time to take a long time to figure things out. So we cracked the case of the psychology behind the Silicon Valley engineer sales process. So now what? Now, now what's next? We, we figured out that, and, and listen, we didn't reinvent the wheel. I mean, these are the learnings of direct buy. Like this is what the founder, Mr. Gagan, based his, his learnings from. And, you know, I, I, I was just telling my husband how there's, folks that have started other businesses where there are synergies between what they do and what we did at direct buy and their sales process, everything that they do and how they've been successful has been from those very teachings. Like we can't take credit for this. Like this is the book was written many, many years ago, and those sales strategies, a lot of them, many of them to this day still prove to be true. So um, it was just a lot of years of, of, of learning things that I will forever use in my sales career, but not just in sales, 
also in leadership. I'll be the first to tell you that I have learned a lot, like coming from awful leadership. I am sure there are stories that people could tell you about me and my leadership practices, and I've come a long way. But the foundation of that was really based upon wanting to see people be great. Now I know how to go about it in a different way, but I always wanted to see people be great. And for me, it was not just people. It was oftentimes people that were overlooked, people that were doubted, or maybe people who didn't even know the greatness inside of them. So once we figured out what we needed to do in our process, now it was the people. And I tell, I tell folks this all the time, before this thing called ID&E, like there was inclusion, you know, diversity, like those terms were not even thought about or talked about then, but that's what we were about. Mark and Paul taught me that where, wherever you are, doesn't matter. Grocery store, restaurant, um, out in the street, it doesn't matter where you are, you are always recruiting. This, this corporate thought of leaving it to your recruiters to find your talent, I find to be comical. Like, if you're a leader and you rely solely on your recruiters to find your talent, shame on you, leader. Because as a leader, you should always be looking for talent. As a leader, you should have a pipeline just as you expect your sellers to have a pipeline. So part of what we did back then was we just paid attention and we were curious and we asked questions everywhere we went to see if there was good talent right under our nose. And when I think about our team and who we had and who we were, uh, some of the people that really stand out, of course, we were a top service center and some of the ways that we got there, one was my dear best friend in the whole world, uh, Jessica Sanchez. That was our service manager. And if you heard the episode about friendships, like that was my sister and we grew up together and I met her in high school and you know, she, she was there for me when I was a teen mom, like we, we rocked all the way back and she worked for direct buy when we were in Chicago and she ended up leaving the company and going into uh, a different field. I think it was her brother's company 
And so by the time we were in California, she was already in another field. And one of our customer service, well, the, the, the guy who ran our warehouse that moved with us from Chicago to California, he was also on the service team, right? Because we all wore many hats in the beginning. And he was going on vacation back to Chicago. So Mark says, hey, get a hold of Jesse and see if we can pay her a dollar amount to take a vacation from her job and come down here to California and cover for Carl while he goes on vacation. So I'm like, oh, okay, I can call her, get, get, get my girl down to California and have a vacation. So she came to California and of course we wined and dined her right into coming back and she ended up moving her and her son. And I want to say at the time, um, he, I know he was less than 10. He might've been like six or seven, but she ended up moving and running our service department, which ended up being a top service center. So now we have the staff that we moved from Chicago and we have Jessica Sanchez there, which again, I'm excited. That's, I mean, we, that's, that's my girl. We, we're, we're, we're doing this. And then my little sister, Monique, same type of deal. We got her out there to help out, cover for someone. She fell in love. Like who, who wouldn't fall in love with the Bay Area? It's California. The weather is beautiful. And you get to make a lot of money. I, I don't think anybody would say no to that. So Monique eventually came out there again. She's not just saying this because she's my little sister, but she's brilliant. She's, um, you know, she, she's helping us get to where we need to go. Another one of our great recruits would be, oh, Sharice. I talked about this in another episode. So Sharice worked as, um, she worked in my doctor's office in California. And every time I would go into the office and I was on a weight loss program then. So I would go into the office to weigh in every week. And I'm like, this girl is good. She is always in there wearing 10 different hats, answering the phone, doing this, moving around, telling, and she's very personable. She's, and so I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I need to, I need to get this girl out of here. And so I end up giving her my card one day and next thing you know, she was at direct buy another big, big win. And 
to this day, we are friends and she's here in Atlanta now. And I think I had mentioned this in another episode, but funny thing is when we moved here, her and her husband were looking to move and just happened to be Atlanta was one of the places they were looking at. And she got here, she was working for another company and one of my old managers from when I first moved here, I was working with, she went and worked for another company. And I was trying to hold off and wait for Sharice because I knew that I would be leading a sales team one day at some point, but it just didn't happen soon enough. And I didn't want to hold her back. So I reached out to my old manager and said, hey, I I got a superstar. I got a superstar. I was trying to keep her for myself, but I'm going to introduce you to her. And of course, she's been one of her top performers on her sales team. And she was also one of the great direct buy recruits. Let's see who else. Oh, Melissa. So when Jessica Sanchez got to California, we were like looking for where where are we going to go out? Where are we going where where are we going to party? And the Bay Area did not have and it, when I say the Bay Area like the the little area that we were in, we were not as familiar with it and didn't seem like a lot of our spots that we would go to party at. Well, leave it to Pauline. Um, now my mom is there with me with the kids at this time. And we were working late one night and she calls me up and says, I heard a commercial on the radio about this place that I think you and Jessica Sanchez would love. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, it's like, I guess it's some like bar or or a little club. And it said it's, you know, right here in downtown Sunnyvale. And it, the music that they sounded like a place that you guys would love. And I laughed and I told Jessica Sanchez, oh, we got to go check out this, this bar that apparently my mom heard on the radio. And she thinks that we would love this place. So we were like, okay, this is funny. Let's go check it out. And we showed up. Now, for those of you that don't know, the Bay Area is very much so like like a melting pot. Like there's people from everywhere, all countries. Um, And so we go to this place and it is like, something you would not expect in downtown Sunnyvale, like by far. It gives you this like something I remember back in the day in Kentucky, like this real like juke joint vibe. It's old school, like the crowd is probably over 50. It is, yeah. And so we go there and 
me and Jessica Sanchez are just cracking up. We're laughing. But guess what? We had a great time. And we're like, okay, yeah, we can come back here. It's close. We don't have to drive far. They're open late. The music is good. So that became our, what was that show called? Cheers. That became our Cheers, where everybody knew our name and we would go after work and just chill. And it was a short ride home. Well, one day we're in there and now this place is like, we're talking about 100% black, black crowd, black owned, everyone that works there is, is black. And me and Jessica are always like, so I wonder what, what's, what's up with the Mexican girl? Like what, like what's, what, what's her story? And she was just always smiling, laughing, moving. Like, again, I'm seeing someone who is a worker. Like she's, she grinds. And one day it looks like she's having words with, one of the other waitresses and the waitress is just like yelling and cussing and like acting a fool. And the girl, she's not really saying much. And I see her just kind of storm off and go into the bathroom. So, you know, me, I'm like, I want to see what's up, what happened. So I follow her into the bathroom and she's in the bathroom and she's, She's looking like she's crying. I'm like, hey, what 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 happened out there? And she was like, oh, nothing. She's like, they're just jealous. And I'm like, jealous? Why? She's like, well, you know, I haven't been working here that long. I'm fairly new, but a lot of the customers like me and they tip me really well. And I guess, you know, they're just haters. And I was like, oh. And I was like, yeah, because I was wondering, like, why, why do you even put up with this? Like, why do you even, why, why do you even work here? And so she shares her story with me, just that, you know, she got married young, she had a couple of kids and her husband was, you know, pretty much the only person she's been with. And she just recently decided to leave him and is like the first job that she's ever had. And blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, here's my card. Um, there might be an opportunity. I know that they are looking for some people in their call center. You know, you should give them a call. So she calls the next day and I set her up for an interview. And she comes in and she's like, oh, I'm really nervous. Like I and I was like, oh, no, don't worry about it. I'm like, the hiring manager, she's she's cool. Like, you you really like her. Don't worry. Just be yourself. And, oh, by the way, like, do you know how to read? Can you, like, read? And she was like, uh, yeah, I know how to read. Okay, okay. I was like, you're a good reader. You can, she's like, yeah, okay. Well, don't worry about it. Just um, when when she asks you to read, just just be yourself, relax, and you'll be all right. She was like, oh, okay, okay. So she's sitting there. Now, remember, again, at this time, everybody wears a lot of different hats. 
So when she came in, I was sitting at the front desk because, well, at that hour, I was the receptionist. So I bring her back, tell her to have a seat in the office, and then I come back around and I sit on the other side of the desk. And she's like, uh, well, where's the hiring manager? And I was like, oh, I'm right here. And she's like, what? And I was like, girl, I was messing with you. I'm the hiring manager. And she's like, oh, okay. And so I give her this script. And I said, just read the script word for word out loud to me. And She was like, oh, okay. And I said, and she read the script perfectly fine. I said, do you also speak Spanish? And she was like, yeah. I said, oh, okay. And I said, are you good with pretty much doing anything? Like if you had to be the receptionist one day or, you know, working in the call room or maybe we need you to close. And she was like, I don't know how to do any of that, but I am a quick learner. I'm willing to do whatever you need me to do. And I was like, okay. And I was like, and the best part about this is you don't have to work waiting tables at the French quarters anymore. You're hired. And so she was probably in all of our years the best. I mean, didn't call into work, didn't come to work late, whatever we needed her to do, she did. And she is also here in Atlanta working for that other manager. She definitely goes down in the books as one of the best recruits at direct buy. When I say we had men, women of all ages, shades, colors, backgrounds, and it wasn't just because we were in the Bay Area. We were intentional. We knew that by having these people, we would be more successful. And we were like a family, like a family. We spent a lot of time together in and out of work. We were like a family. So I learned that diversity and inclusion was one of the fastest ways to be successful. So we figured out our sales strategy. We have the right people in place. And I guess I can't not talk about my brother making his way back, not back, making his way back to me, to California. So remember when I'm like, okay, I finally shook this dude. <laughs> like, he is, he is not my responsibility anymore. I have left all the way across the country that is 
a long ride, an expensive ticket. Like I just knew that we were like, that was it. Like that life together, working together had passed. Well, of course we were still in contact and, and we, and we, and we spoke, but it was not, it was not me this time. It was Mark. So somehow he was able to convince Mark to buy him a ticket and send for him. And there he was in California. I mean, was he one of the best recruits? Sure. The man has the same talent as me. The same gifts as me. Like, we are different, but alike in many ways. And here, there's, there's only one difference. There is only one difference between him and I, and that is, I said, no, thank you. See, I knew that there was a very high likelihood that if I ever tried one time, if I ever experimented, if I ever just wanted to know what it felt like just one time, that there was no turning back. And thankfully, God gave me the strength. I mean, Again, we know, we've heard, you've heard the stories. I did a lot of stupid things, but that was one stupid thing that I never did. And that's the only difference between him and I. He was a valuable part of our team. I remember when we decided that, so of course there was always this competition, right? The same competition that we had when we were kids, it was the same competition at work, but he just could never catch me. He could never beat me. And I'd love to say that, you know, that 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 I have my craft so like I was just that good that he could not beat me but here's the here's here's the truth here's reality and I know this and that is that he never stayed clean long enough to really know what his full potential was but I knew that we had to we had to separate ourselves he needed something that I could not outshine him with. And I know not that that sounds a little big-headed, but he he needed that. So we figured out a way that 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 we didn't have to compete and that was he would start doing 
the sales presentations in the place of or in addition to Mark, the owner. And I'll tell you that really took his confidence to the next level. Uh, we, we used to laugh when people would always say that he reminded them of Barack Obama. And I thought it was hilarious. But I mean, I, I, I get it. He had that, you know, that Obama-like swag in his presentation. And, you know, that Chicago in him came out. But he he was good. He was good. So now we had someone else other than Mark doing the actual presentations. So, you know, I, I can't talk about, you know, the, the best recruits or our talent on our team without mentioning my brother because he was definitely part of that and, again, found himself there in California and I just remember thinking to myself like I am never ever going to get rid of this dude because <laughs> it's just like he he is just um he's just he's just part of me thank you for tuning in to another insightful episode of lead like a girl we hope you found today's podcast valuable if you enjoyed our podcast please consider subscribing and leaving a review on your preferred platform. Your feedback is crucial in helping us continue to provide high-quality content. If you found the content inspiring, we would like to encourage you to share this podcast with your network. Stay tuned for more inspiring stories and leadership insights on Lead Like a Girl. Until next time, lead with passion and purpose.